Happy uh, Equinox. Happy Equinox. That's a good way to start. Are we, are we allowed to say that? Or is that too pagan for a, a Christian mindset? Who's doing the um, censoring? Who's, who's, <laughs> who's the arbiter of what Why? gets to be said on the Mind Virus show? I'm, I will allow you to say that. Okay. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if, you know, because I had read on the, on the internets that talking about the seasonal changes and is pagan solstices and equinoxes equini are the equini are that's not uh behavior <laughs> becoming of christians but the counter argument was that it's absolutely christian and i would agree with that i think jesus himself was very plugged into the times and seasons it <laughs> interesting that you would call it times and seasons uh, uh, an obvious allusion to the early periodical, the newspaper that was put out by the church, the, the early Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or at the time, maybe they were called the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly. When did Times and Seasons start? We've got to look that up. Well, Times and Seasons um, have, have no end, have no start. <laughs> <laughs> Printed twice monthly starting in 1839. <clears throat> so if we look up, let's see. If you go to section 115 of the Doctrine and Covenants, I believe that's the one we've talked about before, but I think that's the one where the names of the churches, the church in Zion, for thus shall it be called, and the church of the Latter-day Saints, for thus shall it be called, um, it's verses three. He's talking to his faithful servants who are of the high council of my church in Zion, for thus shall it be called. And unto all the elders of the people of my church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints scattered abroad in all the world, for thus shall my church be called in the last days, even the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, so if you consider that to be the last days, you do have two churches, the church in Zion and the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That was 1838. So Times and Seasons technically would have been a publication of that church, the church of Zion, <laughs> for thus shall it be called, <laughs> uh, or the church of the Latter-day Saints. So it was, uh, or the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which it was primarily published in Nauvoo, Illinois, according to Wikipedia. Uh, solely published at Nauvoo, excuse me. Anyway, times and seasons. There's our little historical verification of fact. <laughs> times and seasons. And what times and seasons we live in today. It's, yeah. It seems like every day, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, there's more... Uh, uncertainty the accelerated every you know like like the corona circus people say it's an age of acceleration yeah well i'd i'd ask you the question 
By the way, this is the Mind Virus Show, Mind Virus Podcast. Find us at mindvirus.show on the web. Today is March 20th, 2023. It is the spring equinox of the year 2023. And I am Jordan Bruno sitting across the table from me, yawning. Yeah. Not yawny. Yawny. Yawning. Yawning. I was yawning. Bobby Flood. Bobby Flood is yawning because Bobby Flood's feeling a little groggy today. Yeah. I, I would ask you, Mr. Flood, what is your definition of Christian or Christianity? Because I think people uh, yeah. have different definitions, and that's an, that's an important thing to bring up. Yeah, I think especially nowadays. And what's um, your definition of pagan? Go ahead. I'll just kick back and <laughs> listen. Especially nowadays, uh, Christianity is, like most things, for a lot of people, just become a tool of, to push their own political agendas. <laughs> Or their own uh, worldview, but I think it's a real simple definition. It's people who believe in Jesus Christ. You're a Christian if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of mankind. Now that is simplistic, and you could drill down, but I think that's the the basis of it. And yes, there's variations uh, within you know denominations and philosophies about that, but if you believe Jesus was the divine Son of God and the Savior of mankind, you're a Christian, and that's Christianity. Okay, so if you Google define Christianity, Christianity comes up as a noun. Does it say it is a, an oppressive white supremacist tool of, a, of a unrighteous dominion and slavery? <laughs> <clears throat> no, it says... Um, the religion based on the person and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth or its beliefs and practices. So that's a broad definition. On the side, you get this, um, I don't know what the source is here, but it says Christianity is an Abrahamic monotheistic religion based on the life and teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. It is the world's largest and most widespread religion with roughly 2.4 billion followers. That's Wikipedia. One third of the population is supposedly Christian. Okay, monotheistic. See, that's where we would take, I think, uh, I would take a departure from. Right. What, I, I think that's an incorrect definition of Christianity. But if, if that's the definition of Christianity, then I would fall outside of that because I don't think it's uh, monotheistic. Mono, of course, meaning one singular right. God. I don't even think a lot of Christians would consider themselves monotheistic. Even the Trinitarian believers, because you still have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, that's how they get, that's how they reconcile it, is because it's the same person, three different functions. Right. And that's the difference of one iota. I think we might have mentioned this before on the podcast. At the uh, Council of Nicaea, 325 AD, which is one of, I think it was one of the first or the first ecumenical councils as the early Christian orthodoxy was really cementing itself as an orthodoxy. Of course, orthodoxy means the right way or the one way, the singular, you know, you can't, you can't have different opinions. You have to have a, a uniform set of teachings, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the issue with an orthodoxy. They were trying to solidify what they believed as the nature of God. And so they wanted to know if the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost were Homoousius or homoousius. So that in Greek, those two words mean homoousius, same substance, and homoousius, 
similar substance. And the only difference is the OI or the Omicron iota mm-hmm. there. And so it's the difference of one iota that that has turned most of Christianity because they, they favored homoousius, meaning Trinitarian, same substance. So it's a singular one mono, right. mono God. And that's where they depart from uh, the pagans. Uh, the word pagan derives from the Latin paganus, meaning country dweller. In French, it's paysan or paysan. Um, in other Romance languages, you'll see a... Peasant. Peasant. Yeah, that's right. I, I think the word... I wonder if the word peasant derives out of the Latin. If Speaking of the, peasants, good morning our, to our wonderful audience. <laughs> you, you, our dwindling you, audience. You peasants. You know, we... Um, Maybe they're dwindling because we treat them like peasants. Well, we're all treated like peasants. Okay, so uh, I did a little research. Yeah, we, we've, lost, we've lost some audience since, I think it was episode 115 that really was our big back-breaking episode. We had a, we had a pretty good audience going there, and now we've, we, we've diminished. We've, what, was the, what was 115? What it was called Last about? Word Gone, and I think it was our really slap-happy, we didn't know what to do, so we were just joking around the whole time about the complete and total collapse of society that we were seeing around us. I'd be surprised if that that episode. Maybe it was a long time coming, and that was the just the the door slamming. Yeah, the one was the false reality was before that, and then uh, the one after that was consider the matter closed, where <clears throat> we got into Enzyme Peak Advisors and the five million million dollar fine yeah. that the church paid to the Securities Exchange Commission, not to be confused with the Southeastern Conference. Right, but that um, matter's been closed. That matter's closed, so we won't talk about that anymore. But uh, maybe we're maybe we're too flippant. Maybe maybe we need to be more serious on the podcast. <laughs> we're not getting a lot of feedback lately. Yeah, well, peasants, dear listeners, we g- do not apologize. Us- this is a private conversation between Jordan and Bobby, and if you want to interlope, that's fine with us. But we're <laughs> going to have it anyway. Yeah, Wait, us, was that get, not that was give us some was feedback. That the, did I read the wrong script there? Did you want to make a more <laughs> no, no. <laughs> impassioned plea? No, I'm just saying if you yeah, give us some feedback if you uh if you so choose. We do have a website, mindvirus.show. You can leave a comment. Um anyway. Yeah. Well, the word peasant, I'll get back to that. The etymology of the word peasant, uh Anglo-French from paysan, from French paysan, from Latin. Paganus or Pagus. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, it means country dweller. Pagan's been sort of come to mean, you know, modern times, sort of off kilter religious term, like anything that's not mainstream or someone who might worship nature or... Or people that worship many gods. Right. Polytheistic is what it gets associated with. And uh, that brings us back to like the equinox, where the the uh, observing of the equinox and is sometimes observed by different religious traditions that we would call we as you know collectively might call pagan. Right. So if you define from the Oxford languages first Google result here, we should stop using Google. I've been using it because most people use it, but. It, yeah, it's supposed to lend credibility to what the P 
people are or to the, the idea that we're in tune with what everybody else is really thinking, right? Because this show is all about thinking or not thinking. But uh, according to the first Google result from the Oxford Languages Dictionary, especially in historical context, a pagan is a person holding religious beliefs other than the main or recognized religions. Hence, having a beliefs other than those that are recognized, you you would have a a pagan god rather than the right god, right? If you, because those dumb peasants out there in the country had silly gods. Well, that's where it came from. Right. Uh, the orthodoxies took hold in the cities. And the people out in the countryside who were less susceptible to their indoctrination and to their efforts, right. they maintained their older traditions, and therefore their gods were considered pagan. They cling or, to their guns and their Bibles. <laughs> and they're bitter about it. <clears throat> so the question is, you know, who, who was the god that Jesus was talking to when he cried out to his father? Was it just himself? No. Case closed. <laughs> I consider the matter closed. Right. No, but to, so today's the first day of spring, and here in the Intermountain West, it is gloomy and rainy outside. Yeah, it's kind of uh, anticlimactic, unfortunate. I mean, if you're going to get up and watch for the sunrise on the equinox, a, a very pagan practice, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. That, then no. you, you didn't see it today here in the Intermountain West. For sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Still got win- winter storm warnings are in effect. Mm. I'm hoping that we turn that corner soon and we start to get more days like we had on the weekend. Friday and Saturday were quite nice. I went snowshoeing with some friends uh, this week, and we were able to see the sunrise from a pass up in the Wasatch Mountains. That's always a good experience. It was pretty amazing. Really, really beautiful. <clears throat> there is so much snow up there. I mean, like yeah, this drought snow that we're getting, all this drought crap, that we well, need this drought to be over soon because we're <laughs> going to get flooded out by the drought rain. I always, snow. I always have to kind of shake my head. You know, last couple of years, our, uh, our uh, respectable governor, Spencer Cox, has been pleading with us to save water and you know, cities have... It all went up into the mountains. Cities have, have regulated, you know, uh, sprinkler usage and things yeah. like that. And he said to pray for rain, pray for rain, and we need to do this and that and that. And now he's out there saying, guys, you better prepare for floods. Don't pray for any more rain. He hasn't gone that far. But so what this proves is God answers the sincere prayers. Well, you know, you could say that. You could say that. But is he really going to answer prayers with flooding? Maybe. I don't know. Well, sometimes you get what you ask for, <laughs> and you don't consider the consequences of what but you ask for. You and I have lived in this state our entire lives, and for our entire lives, which are knocking on the door of half of a century. This is actually true. Our entire lives, we've been told that we're in a drought. We're in a drought. We're in a drought. We've been told we live in a desert, well, a we, high desert. We do live in the desert. We live, where, we live in a unique place in the United States where high plateau desert collides with the Rocky Mountains. Right. And so we get uh, some interesting... Uh, near, near a great lake. 
Right. So sometimes you get what they call lake effect. Right. So like almost all the time you get this thing. Yeah. And then the mountain effect. A lake that is apparently dying, but also, also not being allowed to thrive because it's being harvested for minerals and things. <laughs> but we, we live in this high desert climate, and I'm no climatologist, thank goodness. But uh, we, get, we get very dry air here, which, leads, which creates incredible snow when it snows. It's light snow. It's not heavy, wet, mashed potato snow. So we get great uh, skiing conditions. And when, those all, you know, when all that stirs together with the mountains and the high desert air, it's, it's uh, really light, fluffy snow. But sometimes there isn't as much because, again, it's a desert. It's an arid place. You mean the climate changes? The climate changes every day here. Cyclically? And that's due to climate change. Climate change is a result of climate change. And when the climate doesn't change, that's also due to climate change. Okay. So I'm tracking with you. We need to make radical changes to our lives, particularly the Constitution of the United States, in order to prevent climate change that cause, is caused by the changing factors. of the climate. Right. So the California thing is going to be interesting to watch this year because, you know, we've got like up at the pass, right? I'm up there. I'm looking at the street signs. Now up in the mountains, you know, they make the street signs like way higher mm-hmm. so that you can see them above the snow. Mm-hmm. The street signs were almost pretty much buried and some of them weren't buried, but a yeah, lot of them were most snow since like 1985 or something. There, there were, there was like this little, uh, post. I thought it was one of those posts, you know, like the iron ranger where that you put the fees in or something. Uh-huh. It looked like one of those, like one of those more broad round, mm-hmm. broader diameter. It was the vent for the outhouse. I'm like, <laughs> I was thinking, I'm going to sit on that. There's nowhere to sit, but there's that <laughs> post over there. No, that was the vent <clears throat> for the outhouse. You couldn't even see the outhouse. We're talking massive amounts of yeah. snow up there. It's, do you remember the 1983 flooding? Yeah. Supposedly we have more than that this year. Yeah, and if, uh, if the spring warms up quickly. Yeah, that's the big issue in 83, right? It went from cold to warm pretty quick. Right. See, the climate changed. There was yeah, a little global yeah. warming after the global cooling. Kind of abrupt. This happens periodically. I think, that, I think the oligarchy is able to take advantage of us because we have bad memories. And, and also they get the kids amped up and the kids haven't had a chance to go through a 10-year cycle or a 20-year right. cycle. Well, and they have the billion-dollar rain. Oh, that's right. I wonder if they have billion-dollar sunshine. Sunshine's, you think sunshine is cheaper or more expensive than rain? Bobby's referencing the uh, premier of Manitoba who talked about thanking, he thanked the people for making it rain, Yeah, which we've brought up on the podcast before. Yeah, in a really bizarre press conference, he was asked why they aren't using ivermectin, uh, ivermectin or might have been hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID. And he said he'd like to thank the people who make it rain. Well, he said, he, first he said, you know, we have a really great vaccine industry and pharmaceutical industry here in Manitoba, blah, 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 yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And then he's like, and I'd like to take a moment. He just stopped 
and just thank the people that make it rain. Yeah, the billion dollar rain. It was a weird answer to a, a, a pretty obvious, you know, pretty basic question we'll that make, she never answered. We'll make that the first link on the podcast <laughs> show so that you can go watch this. This is the premiere of Manitoba. He resigned a couple of months or a couple of weeks later. Yeah. A lot of people speculate that maybe he uh, was feeling bad about the situation, knew he had, mm. knew he had to keep a certain... Um, narrative out in front of the public and so then he just decided what the hey right i'm just gonna say thanks because we needed that rain which they did yeah, of course. speaking of narratives out in the public there's a yet another twitter files dropped recently there's right. been like 20 twitter file drops it's almost it's almost like it's too much like like it's hard to keep up with it's not just hard to keep up with it's like the okay we get it we're being hardcore censored this was even worse, though. This, this revealed that there was a, uh, an effort, I think, headed up at Stanford University where they were deliberately censoring information while also admitting that the information they were censoring was accurate. It wasn't just that they were you know, fighting off or censoring things that they thought were untrue but they knew these things were true this is uh, twitter twitter files number 19 this is the one i think you sent me yeah right where uh taibi does a big long thread i'll link to this twitter files number 19 the great covid 19 lie machine stanford the virility the viral the virality project virility what virality right you're the pronunciator. I, I, Stanford, the I, virili- virality project and the censorship of, quote, true stories. That's what this big, long thread is about. Right. And the, so they were revealed to be suppressing and censoring and, and squelching accurate information, which is not surprising anymore. But the only thing that's really surprising at this point for me is that this isn't absolutely gigantic news. Like uh, we were discussing before we hit record, in your regular day-to-day interactions, have the Twitter files ever come up? Does some, you know, if you're driving in a car on a road trip with some buddies, or uh, out to dinner with friends, or at church or whatever, does anybody has anybody said, "Hey, have you have you read these Twitter files?" I've never heard word of it in the real world. I've never heard a single whisper of it. Granted, I you don't mean like I family, don't, friends, yeah. I don't get out in the real world very often. <laughs> I'm kind of a recluse, but your triangle of friends, <laughs> right? But I, I've not heard anything about it. Uh, maybe, maybe you have. I did. Yours. I was telling. I was telling you, like one of my closest, a family member close mm-hmm. to me who is reticent to adopt my worldview, <laughs> was talking about the Twitter files. But it was kind of like. You know, they, they're, they're trying to find a, a more palatable explanation for what's going on rather mm-hmm. than wholesale secret combination oligarchy controlling us. And the censorship side of it is clear evidence of a conspiracy. It's clear evidence of, of a control mechanism that... Well, these guys are revealed really to uh, be conspiring to censor information. Literally conspiring. Yeah, but I, I think people are willing to... Like like your average Joe, let's say Joe Biden. <laughs> he's below. He's a below average Joe. Let's say somebody. Uh, okay, let's let's make a straw man here. Let, let's get, let's grab an individual, sixty five years old, uh, 
has generally been willing to get their news from the corporate press, right? They're a patriot. They pay their taxes. They go to church. They're traditional Christian. USA, USA, right? They don't want to believe that the events have been, the events of the last hundred years have been strategically crafted. A narrative has been strategically crafted to to move the masses in certain directions, mm-hmm. like World War II. Mm-hmm. Like th- this type of person would be loath to consider that FDR had foreknowledge of Pearl Harbor or, the, or worse, that he fomented, that he goaded the Japanese into attacking, right? That he wanted Pearl Harbor or that elements of the United States government wanted Pearl Harbor, whether it was FDR or not, right? They would be loath to, to consider that. They wouldn't want to consider that the ATF just... You remember the Branch Davidians in Waco, David Koresh? Yeah. They would be loath to consider that the ATF, with their newfound powers, just killed a bunch of people for no good reason. You know, that they, that they could have arrested David Koresh many times while he was out running. And right. instead, they brought everybody in force, knocked on the door, and and then bulldozed those people into their homes and set their set their compound on fire and shot them as they executed, or sorry, as they exited mm-hmm. in panic as the place was burning down around them. That's, right. the, that's the other side of the story. That's potentially the true side if you look at the evidence. They're loath to consider that, that's the, that, 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 an, uh, that an oligarchy, that a very wealthy oligarchy has taken control greater and more granular, high-resolution control of the government of the United States over the last 30, 40, 50 years. Well, it, That's, it, the, those, those types of people, like, okay, so if that person mentions the Twitter files, it's like, oh, you know, those Democrats. Right. And, and it, it means confronting some really <clears throat> uncomfortable ideas. It means the possibility that these institutions that are kind of bedrock of our society are corrupted or not what they claim to be. And that comes with a lot of uncomfortable uh, realizations because it's easy just to believe that governments and big institutions, you know, big corporations and media corporations are full of honest people trying to do what's right, chasing after truth and telling the truth and have our best interest at heart. That's a comfortable, comforting thought. Well, that's what we've thought. <clears throat> that's what we've been led to believe. Yeah, that's what we've all thought. That's all part of the, part of the, the narrative, is that you, know, you can trust your, your newsman, you can trust your uh, senator, you can trust your preacher and your pastor, you can trust Bill Gates. Right, and so if you, if you, deter, if, if you see like a a scandal, and you're like, oh, we can't trust that guy. It's easier to just think, oh, it, be- it just barely started. It was, it's Joe Biden and the Biden family, rather right. than the Bidens are linked to the Clintons, and so is the Obama uh, situation. Oh, and by the way, the Clintons actually gained power from the Bush family, right? because they were all interlinked during Iran-Contra. Th- that, that, that's not a happy thought. The idea that Reagan was imprisoned 
in the White House for eight years and uh, under threat of death, you know, because he was shot 69 days into his presidency by a man named Hinckley, who was a close friend of the Bush family, mm-hmm. but was the, st- the, wa- the story that was broadcast to the public was that he was crazy because he was stalking the actress Jodie Foster, you know, so therefore the Bushes had nothing to do with it. You know, <laughs> it's like, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want, not, not only do we not want to chase that train of thought down the rabbit hole, we don't want to look at any evidences that support the dark side of that. We don't even want to know. Right. We don't want to know that he was a close family friend. Don't even insinuate. Right. By the way, Joe uh, Biden's son, Hunter Biden, is suing the laptop store for uh, a breach of privacy and uh, for a laptop that I didn't think was I thought it wasn't to, his uh, laptop belonged to him. So, <laughs> very curious. It wasn't his laptop, was it? Well, uh, yeah, that, that, I was told it was not. It was a hoax. It was a Russian hoax. But uh, the, the, the strings are kind of being pulled on the Biden fa- crime family, and uh, we'll see if anything ever comes of that. I think they're setting up the narrative for, to not run Joe Biden for another four years. Well, what's up with... Uh, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what to talk about here. We got a big financial problem going on right now. Yeah. That is probably the main story. Well, it's the one that has the most potential to fundamentally alter all, all it is, of no, our no, no, lives. No, 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 no. It is going to. It already has. Right. It already has. This, this uh, Silicon Valley Bank closure that we talked about last week has already. The, the things that have already been done and set in motion have already altered the financial right. system. The right. question is, how are we the peasants... How and when are we going to find out what the changes are and how that affects us? And over the weekend, you had Credit Suisse failing, which is a huge European bank. Yeah, obviously, because it's got the name Swiss in it. Did you know the Hong Kong Singapore uh, banking company out of Britain is one of the few that has a, one of those funky names where it's like misdirection, you know? Yeah. We're a British bank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. HSBC stands for... Hong Kong and Shanghai, not Hong Kong, Singapore. It's Hong Kong and Shanghai Baking Corporation. I knew I got that wrong. Yeah. The little, little but guy inside of me was like, go look that up. But they're out of, they're based out it's of a, Britain. It's out of Britain, yeah. It's one of the big. <laughs> it's a big bank. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, uh, it's one of the two big to fails. It's like the British JP Morgan Chase. Right. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, this is, this is, has far reaching consequences that are probably just now starting to take effect like the consequences haven't even started have kicked in because mm-hmm. the 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 events are not yet yeah, done. that might be the bigger story to talk about like uh and i don't know we can talk about whatever right because this is the mind virus show <laughs> but like if i'm looking up fox news which is controlled opposition in my opinion the top story is house judiciary committee demands da testify about possible trump indictment Yep, and then the next one is about intentional fraud, about um, a double mastectomy, transgender thing. Criminals create new ways to catch people off guard. Boater missing after trying to help family with anchor mishap. Uh, Mexican cartel. You know, we're not. Oh, shack, sparking controversy. Something. You know, this is not. 
the banking the banking situation is not front and center. It is a, if you're looking at like zero hedge or some of the financial right. stuff. Ima- like <clears throat> imagine if if you're just a regular news consumer and you go to your favorite news site, whether it's CNN or Fox News or whatever. Even zero hedge is sometimes guilty of this, but zero hedge at least often has a theme going or multiple stories on the same topic. But if you go to Fox News that and you spend an hour or two of your day kind of surfing through those articles, like, no, there's just so much noise. You're going to read about Shaq saying something, probably about basketball yeah. or, you know, about the NCAA tournament. I don't know what he said. You've got stuff about a boater missing, which is a local story. Well, NBC News, more liberal, mm-hmm. right? They're talking about a major climate report issuing a dire outlook for human life. Yeah, I saw something Carbon dioxide <laughs> emissions, blah, blah, blah. So it's climate. We're going to be distracted by climate. And then you've got Putin and Z, and then you've got DeSantis attacking the Manhattan Soros-funded prosecutor for the Trump indictment. So it's like, there, there's something that they don't want us to see. Is this like when the Nord Stream pipeline story mm-hmm. by Hirsch um, broke, and then it was like, oh, look up in the sky, there's a balloon. What about yeah. the balloons? What about the spy balloons? I thought we were being overrun well, by spy balloons. There's a lot of things that come and go so quickly, like uh, whatever happened to the Supreme Court leaker? Uh, where's John Fetterman? Where's John Fetterman? He's a, a sitting... U.S. Senator that is medically I think he's a, he's incapacitated. A, he's not sitting. He's actually horizontal. He's lying horizontal. Maybe he's already dead. I don't know. This is a guy who should have never been elected. He should have never right. ran. It was actually kind of pathetic and sad to try to watch him yeah. uh, campaign. And now uh, they've got the they've they got him in there. They rigged the election probably by actual rigging but also putting up a candidate a joke candidate against him and the story gets so bizarre so they've got him in there and now he's literally incapacitated he's been institutionalized and as soon as that happens what does his loving wife do she flees the country she's really she yeah she's fled the country and i don't know if she's come back or not she's just like oh we're going on vacation with the kids and you're like who, We're going on an indefinite who goes on, vacation. Who goes on vacation when their spouse is seriously ill? And I think at this point, they've just got him on ice, maybe literally, until the time expires where they don't have to have a special election to replace him, but can just appoint a replacement. It's really dirty, and, and we're talking about human humans here. Like, disagree all you want with Fetterman's policies, right? Like, but they don't. So the problem is that they don't want to have an election because the there's, the governor's a Democrat. The governor is a Democrat. This is Pennsylvania we're talking about. Okay, so they want to where there's been a whole lot of uh, shenanigans. Yeah, because that it's an important state and, to control. And uh, they don't want to have this. This is all kind of based on some theorizing, right? But they've they, they've incapacitated him, or he's incapacitated because of his health. And uh, I think there's a, like a certain number of days that, uh, like if a senator gets elected and has to resign or dies or something very quickly, they'd have a special election. But if a certain amount of time passes, then the governor can just appoint a replacement who would then serve out the remainder of the term. Now, I, I haven't looked too closely at all of this, just kind of reading some theories about it. But So they've got him on ice so that they can appoint the guy rather than have to ha- go through the election process. I guess. And, and, and you think, well, why didn't they just 
figure out who they wanted to appoint and run that guy and rig it for him. But I mean, they rigged it for Fetterman, but they also had right. two bad choices. Oz wasn't a great choice. No, he wasn't. Um, but uh, it, it's just really sad that uh, I think Jill Biden's guilty of this too, just playing political games for power, even at the expense of like, like Joe Biden has had a, a long career in the U.S. government. He's a career plagiarist and liar and scoundrel. But, Tell us what you really think. But does he deserve to be, you know, trotted out like he is now? Like the American people certainly don't deserve to have a president that is incoherent. <laughs> like they, at the very least, we should have a president that is self-aware enough to understand the world around him. So you're saying he him. probably should be sitting in a rocking chair on a porch uh, somewhere yeah. at a facility, maybe maybe listening to the kids come in and sing that, that come and... Probably, or, 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 probably, or yeah. talk, talking to the, or at least just retired. Do they call them orderlies, the guys that are running around the nursing homes taking yeah, care of these maybe. guys. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm sure they've got enough money. Maybe they could do like an exotic Chinese nursing home or something, or a, a Ukrainian nursing home. There's a lot of family friends of <laughs> well, the Bidens. I, I know a guy who who used to own some land in Ukraine, but now owns a castle in uh, Scotland. 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 And I and if. He he also has some seriously good connections for uh, children. If you're looking to buy a baby, and also Buffalo. Okay, but I you just think it's like it's spousal abuse the way like in, it's pretty disgusting. I think elder abuse. It's spousal and elder abuse the way, especially with Jill Biden, and uh, Derek, also this Fetterman. Uh, since we woman. addressed the, <laughs> I'll just go out on a limb here. Because we addressed the um, elephant in the room, that's that was the name of a podcast, the dumb questions, mm-hmm. and considering the matter closed, I think the way uh, Thomas Monson was treated w- was in a similar category, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, you know, in the LDS... He almost fell over one time at the pulpit. Like, he literally... Yeah, and, and LDS leaders have fallen over at pulpits in the past. And even recently, I think, President Nelson, who's 97 now, he was propped up by a stool. Oh, really? Well, I mean, there's one, it's one thing to be sitting up there at a stool, but the question with Monson, the issue was like, he was not giving a talk that was a new talk. He was giving a, an amalgamation of old, yeah, his, old material. This, his, was a, this was not something that he had written. I recently. think his last public address was like less than a minute. And he repeated himself a couple times. It was kind of sad to see that. But it wasn't, but you, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like if you've got an old guy that really wants to get up there and he has a message to give, that's a different thing than, than putting just, a guy up there just to show that, well, we have a prophet. Right. To say, this is the, this is the prophet and you must respect the prophet. I, I feel like that was a... There was one with uh, Joseph Worthlin who was struggling. And I think it was Nelson got up and helped him a few uh-huh. years ago. He was like convulsing almost. Yeah. Yeah, and it's tough, like in the culture, the LDS culture, you, you're called it to be an apostle, and that's a lifelong calling, which right. means you're going to age uh, publicly. But we've had situations where, didn't, didn't Hinckley deliver a message for Spencer Kimball? I think there's been, and Kimball was notoriously, and maybe that's not the right word, but like incoherent for like the last five well, years. Well, Benson was. No, it, was it not Benson? Was it Kimball? Kimball was like from like 81 to, I think he died in 85. He was in and out. 
of like but we've had coherence. situations where the first counselor would deliver the message yeah. it's okay to acknowledge or, that old people get old or just have somebody not have a message at all yeah and it's okay to do that we just have i think we built up the the the, the cultural the tradition office. is very very rigid we, we built up the office I, as a as a cultural church we built up this idea that we're led by a prophet of god and then the person who sits as president of the church is sort of a <laughs> well it would be the i think a focal point of of, of is supposed to be this charismatic yeah the, the, position. and i think the idea is if he didn't speak it would cascade uh, you know uh, into a as if we weren't waterfall led, right? of rumors yeah about his health and well not only that but it's like the the right. the implication is that nobody's at the nobody's getting the right who's really in the charge. directions yeah which is a fair question. <laughs> well, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, I I think that in our culture, uh, American culture, maybe especially, we we ought to we ought to let our uh, our elderly people age grace, gracefully and fade in away the, if they so choose. In There's the a lot of older people who are very vigorous and charismatic. I mean. President Nelson has been pretty healthy and energetic even into his 90s. So yeah. that's something that... Well, he's clearly cognizant, is, right? right? He's he's clearly not uh, in, in, in that kind of a vulnerable state that uh, President Monson was in. Right. But like as it relates to the... So the president of the church is one thing. It's... it's there, there's an interesting nuance because it's always the the oldest or the most senior, not the oldest, but the most senior member of the Quorum of the Twelve that becomes right. the right. the president. But in the case of the president of the United States, all you got to do is have a guy that's older, older than 40 that's an American citizen. But right. we, <laughs> that, was a, that was a natural born, born right. in the United States, right. which is why the Barack Obama birth certificate was such a big issue right. that got swept under the rug. But we, here we've got Joe Biden gets stuffed into office. And, and and maybe that maybe that's what they liked about it is that he's he was on his way out enough that they they're not going to get any resistance from him you know just point him in the right direction uh, he and definitely have him read the teleprompter. he's definitely not sitting in meetings like commanding the room um, I don't think he's got that capacity anymore and and again his career if you look at his career before he was vice president. Um, he's a rabble rouser. Um, he's, he was, he was angry a lot. He was, he would cuss and swear and yell and, and use the N word. Yeah. And he, he said some really racist stuff. Like, you know, he, he ran for president in like 88 and, and was derailed by plagiarism. He did whatever he I could. Mean, he was, he was a true politician. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that, he, or he is a if true there, politician. If, the, if, the, if there was a Hollywood movie uh, with a with a corrupt senator in it, they could just pull from Joe Biden's career. Like the guy's just dirty up and down. I mean, I'm looking at a story right now about all of this money his family's gotten from Chinese business yeah. interests. What's your favorite uh, movie with a corrupt senator in it? I can only think of one, right? Maybe two: Manchurian Candidate, possibly. Uh, but the movie Shooter with Mark Wahlberg has a corrupt senator in it. Yeah, I'm trying to think here. Um, probably. Probably, um, man, I'm foggy this morning. 
It is foggy outside. There's a joke in here somewhere, and I'm missing it. There's a, like right on the tip of my tongue. There's a there's a great movie with a corrupt senator that would, but I can't think of it. <laughs> uh, the movie The Aviator. What's his name? Pierce. Uh, who's Alan Alda plays uh, Hawkeye in Mash. He also yeah. plays a corrupt senator in the movie The Aviator, and went after almost. Uh, Howard Hughes, and I can't remember that guy's name. Almost all the um, Tom Clancy books slash movies have a corrupt senator in them. There's a corrupt senator in the movie Tucker. That's also on Netflix right now. Tucker's a cool show about a guy that wanted to build a really cool car and gets shut down by the uh, cartel Mm -hmm. in Detroit. There's probably a hundred movies with corrupt senators. At least. Has there ever been a movie with a senator in it that isn't corrupt? Hmm. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> Some senators are corrupt. Well, I think most of and I'll stop. Right I think there. most of them are, <clears throat> and some of them maybe not meaningfully. They just like or or intentionally. They just get swept up into that into that system out there. Yeah, but let us not. Okay, never mind. I was going to say something about Mitt Romney and how that didn't apply, but anyway. Um, it applies about getting swept up into the corrupt system. Oh no, no, he oh, okay. he was corrupt from his very early uh, professional days. Okay, well, as long as we're on the same page here, now and, and now the mind virus show will actually be shut down. <laughs> well, I don't remember how we got off on all of that. Well, we're talking about elder abuse, <laughs> right? And I think that 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 the issue is that. It works really well for the oligarchy because you don't have anybody like a Donald Trump who wants to control things. Well, and, and what you've got here, at least the case with the Biden president, Biden can go out there and bumble his way through a press conference and everyone laughs or makes fun of him or says, you know, this is a problem. But the real lever pullers are unknown and unaccountable, don't have to answer questions. Mm-hmm. You know, Valerie Jarrett is not out there answering questions or... Uh, What's her name? Susan. You know, these are all people from the Biden or the uh, Obama administration. I think Obama's really heavily involved right now. I heard an interesting comment a couple of times from Martin Armstrong. We've linked to Armstrong before. He's a kind of an enigmatic character, a cycles economist, forecaster type of a guy. Mm -hmm. Armstrongeconomics.com. He says that he he was brought in many times... uh, Prior to, I assume, 2005-ish, because he was thrown in jail mm-hmm. for contempt because the government went after him for something. Um, and it took a long time for his case to be resolved by the Supreme Court, apparently. So yeah, I think he was in prison for like, or in jail for 11 years, mostly for contempt. Yeah, you guys can go look it up. But I, I like the guy, you know, it, it's not outside of my uh, acceptable <laughs> the, the acceptable possibilities that a, that a good man could be thrown in jail by the U.S. government for not cooperating with what, what the intelligence agencies want him to do. But anyway, he said he was brought in multiple times to, to vet or, um, you know, analyze political candidates for high office like president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And he would want to talk to him about economics and see if they had at least a good enough working grasp of economics to acquit themselves in the office in the way that they needed to, rather than just um, 
you know, wreck everything or look really stupid or whatever. But he said when he was brought in to evaluate George W. Bush, so Bush number two, they told him, well, we want you to talk to this guy, but you need to realize he's stupid. He's not going to get it. And he said that uh, it was kind of funny because he was through that process able to discover that they don't want somebody that's smart in the office. I think Bill right. Clinton was really smart. He's, I, he's an exceptionally smart fellow. And I don't think W. Bush was, was, was stupid at all. I don't think he was stupid, but I don't know that he was smart on the level that they're talking about. Probably not, but... Clinton but. was a Rhodes Scholar. You don't get to be a Rhodes Scholar without... Um, Murdering a few... Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Being really smart. <laughs> Like I, I've seen, I've seen Bush. I saw W after his presidency speak in a in a smallish room, and he was engaging. Mm-hmm. I'm not know. saying he's a dummy. No, you're right. I just don't think he's an economic genius. But he's definitely he wasn't the bumbling idiot that he was portrayed to be. He said some funny things. He did say some funny things. Yeah. and the press likes to latch on to. Uh, but things they, yeah. they, tr- they try to create a caricature right. of, of the president in but, uh, whatever the way Obama they said a lot of dumb things too and of course Biden only says dumb things because he's cognic- cognitively impaired right um, but but yeah I don't I obviously these candidates are placed whether the you could argue whether or not the elections are real or not but the candidates the ones that rise to that that place that uh ballot mm-hmm. you know the one or the other it's always just one or the other well you know people are placed people are going to always want to make an argument like like well we can argue this we can argue that and i think that actions speak louder than words here and we can look back on the last 20 years and we can say no you you can argue if you want but i think the reality the writing is on the wall like joe biden the the, the number of gaffes gaffes and just the disconnection from reality. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we, we're doing this, but in reality, we're doing the exact opposite. He'll say one thing. Right. So we're really in sort of a, if we're going to take stock of where we're at, we gotta, we've got to consider that we ought to be dramatically concerned on account of the fact that they're just, it's, it's like a, an advancing army shouting on the megaphone, you know, give up your arms. We won't kill you. We're here to help. As they're shooting you with machine guns, right? That's the analogy <clears throat> Alex Jones likes to use. Yeah, it's um, it's an awful situation uh, that we're in, and there's so much distraction, so much noise. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier with the Fox News homepage: just noise and distractions, and bread and circus. You know, very expensive bread, by the way. <laughs> I was lamenting the cost of things at the grocery store the other day. I mean, it's like I kind of had a, uh, I, I wanted to get some potato chips or some Doritos or something. And it's like $6 for a bag. Like it's just, for a little bag. It's just insane. If you want the family bag, it's like nine bucks. If you go to Costco, you can wait for them to go on sale. Yeah. When I, well, when I go to Costco lately, I'm just like, is that something we use? Is it on sale? If right. it is, buy a couple. Right. And we'll use it later. Yeah, it's um I went to uh I went to a gas station the other day. Convenience store. We mm-hmm. m- we were uh, on the way to a sporting event, sports game. Mhm. And uh we got a there was two of us in the car and we each got the same thing. We got a drink, which was like a wasn't a fountain drink, but it was a 
plastic bottle drink. It was an expensive drink. And a candy bar. That's it. Okay. So two candy bars and two plastic bottle drinks, and it was $12. Holy cow. And I, I, I left there thinking, you know, in the old days, people used to rob convenience stores. For $12. Now, <laughs> the convenience store is robbing us. It's... um. No, you got to go to That's Costco. Rough. You got to get what's on sale just to get the 2022 price. Right. Yeah, it's. I I think things are sort of spiraling out of control. Yeah, we're we're in a we're in a we're, I, you know, and it's interesting. People have talked about the um, you know, it's the it's the equinox, and it's three years to the week of the COVID panic yeah. pandemic. I, kickoff and and based on i'm just going to say based on personal events occurring in my life uh we've we've had some family close family friends that have passed just barely Mm -hmm. multiple and we've seen births we're we're seeing weddings we're seeing it's it's an interesting equinox here there's a lot going on and there's a lot going on in the world you know i think we're shifting into a new phase i i really think this is a you're right this is a particularly Bobby and I had dreams. Not saying that your dreams don't count, but it's for me. Right. I'm, I'm not. And when I'm saying you, I I mean the listeners. You guys all have your own intuition, your dreams, your your uh, communications with the gods, the pagan gods. Right. One of whom is Jesus Christ, and the others being his father, mother, and other close relations to him. Not talking about the ones that are fighting against him. Okay. <laughs> But uh, go back and listen to our Cosmology podcast, episode 92, if you really want to know what I think about that stuff. But I think this, like there are signs in in the world around us, in nature, in the heavens, uh, events that are going on that, that, you know, there's a, there's a big shift happening right now. That's why I said times and seasons. Times and seasons. Because it's... I think that's why Joseph Smith called the paper Times and Seasons. Absolutely. The, the times and seasons he lived in were another uh, kind of cosmological shift. It was an age of restoration and uh, heavenly messengers. Mm-hmm. It was the beginning of a new dispensation. And I don't think we're necessarily changing dispensations right now, but I do think we're changing ages. And I think we're moving into a new phase of the cosmological calendar. It's a new cosmological season. Yeah. Perhaps. And well, awakening, uh, destruction, catastrophe. And I think that all this noise and this acceleration of the, the news cycles is all part of that. It's like, um, it's like a montage scene in a movie, you know, when they need a lot of time to pass in a movie, but don't want to, to spend 18 hours. Right. You know, or, (laughs) Telling they, you all the events. They show a, a montage. You see it a lot in uh, in boxing movies, right? The training montage. The training part, yeah. It's always awesome. You know, Rocky sort of pioneered do, that. Do, 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 Running down do, the beach, do, punching do, slabs of do, meat. Do, do, do. Was it Eye of the Tiger or was that a different movie? Yeah, Eye of the Tiger was in Rocky. So it's kind of like in the Book of Mormon where the, they would say something like, and in not so many years, the people... Right. It's usually they got really wicked, but well, uh, in not so many years. You know, we've had some. We've had an an, an absolutely insane three year period from March twenty twenty to today. It has been, I mean that like literally like an insane crazy time frame. With look at what's all that's happened. You can't even 
if you tried to to name like the major news stories from that time, it would it would be you need a montage. It would you, need you, a, you can't an insanity it. montage. I mean, yeah. just off the top of your head, you've got all the COVID stuff. You've got the Black Lives Matter, Summer of Love, fire riots. You've got uh, uh, the J6. You've got the election. You've got the, the vaccine. I mean, and then there's all the other stuff, like s- lesser things, like Supreme Court hearings, Supreme Court leakers. The Kyle Rittenhouse thing. The, the, the Kyle Rittenhouse. The stupid gun laws they've been getting passed. The different Trump uh, impeachment things. You've got the Biden... Uh, stories, the Biden crime family stories. I inflation, mean, it, inflation. It goes on, inflation. and this is just off the top of our heads with no notes. Oh, Ukraine like, war. Ukraine war. Right. <laughs> inflation. More inflation. Remember, Ukraine war. Remember when they tried to throw the murder hornets on top of COVID and it didn't stick? Like, there, it's just... No one climate thing, change. And then, of course, always climate change. It's just one thing after another, and I think... And we're going to get flooding. We're going to see... Like, are we <clears> going to see, like, literally the... Sure, the peop- those people bring the rain, right? There's, there's some sort of a secret mechanism by which the oligarchy can make it rain in Manitoba, <laughs> as documented by the premier of Manitoba, Apparently. which you're going to see on the, on the podcast page if you don't believe us. But when God decides to make it rain, that's going to be a whole different problem. Right, right. Because, I mean, these guys think they control the world. Yeah, well, and they probably do for for now. I think they can influence it. Yeah, they think they do. It's they just, think, it's, yeah, they yeah. think they control it. I, I I think the big. I think what we're seeing in the news, though, definitely the cens- censorship is the big story for the last three years. Censorship, and they've used that censorship to manipulate you into taking certain actions. You and me and all of us. I saw a video today. I don't know when it was made. Uh, it, the weather's nice, so I think it's at least last summer, but it's it's Fauci and the mayor of D.C. going door-to-door in a black neighborhood trying to convince people to get the vaccine. Really? <laughs> and this guy steps out on the doorstep and just schools Fauci. Really? And Fauci's like, no, it's been 20 years in the making. And, and, the, and then the, the mayor chimes in and she's like, you, you know, the incentive, the guy was like, you're incentivizing people to take the shot. That's a red flag to me. And she's like, the incentive is caring for your neighbors. And it's just interesting that the, it's almost like a. That's a real thing? It's a real thing. And the video of Fauci <clears throat> yeah, and it's the making, mayor of it's DC. It's making the rounds on Twitter today. And I've never seen it before. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it was part of that. It's Fauci. not one of these AI created deep fake. No, it's real. It's real. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't know if I believe anything. Well, true. Anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was like deleted footage from the Fauci documentary uh-huh. called Fauci. <laughs> Remember, they tried hard to make this guy into an American hero, and it worked for about a month. Well, it worked for some people. For some people, it worked too well, and yeah. they like basically worshiped the guy, and he's kind of the high priest of the new state religion. But Yeah, but he's on his way out. He wasn't a, they, they know he's used up. But it was just interesting to see, like, I don't think they expected any resistance. These people, they, were, they, had a, they had people on hand to shoot them up right then and there with the vaccine. And I think they thought... Holy cow, they were going to, like, stop at the guy's house and... They did, that's what they did. Push a va- they actually vaccinated people on their front porch. Yeah, I think that was their intent. I mean, imagine someone knocking on the door and there's a, <laughs> there's a bunch of government officials saying, nice place you got here. We hear you're not vaccinated. (laughs) 
you know, like <laughs> they try that in Utah. The guy's got like an AR-15 behind the door, leaning up uh, off yeah. to the side. Maybe, but uh, some people. Anyway, who haven't it, lost it, all of their guns in boating accidents? Right, right, right. Like us. But it's just really bizarre, and uh, this 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 accelerated age is um, making it really hard for people to slow down and kind of take a step back mm-hmm. and assess things. Mm-hmm. You've got massive protests in France right now. People are saying that maybe Mac- Macron is on his way out. Is that his name? Macron. Is he the president? Yeah, well, I think so. Or was he the other president, the old president? No, I think it's Macron. Okay. Anyway, massive protests there. There's massive protests all over the world uh, that aren't getting tons of coverage. It's, an, it's definitely an era of unrest and, and tumultuous... Emmanuel. Tumult. It's Emmanuel. He, yeah. is, uh, he is a savior figure. Yeah. He will save you. He will. Macron. He sure will. There's a macaroon. That's a different thing. <laughs> so I think there's significance to this, uh, this time of year. And I don't think it was coincidental that the COVID pandemic kicked off at the spring equinox in 2020. I don't think it's coincidence that right here in Utah, there was an earthquake during all that time that, that uh, knocked the trumpet out of the Moroni statue of Moroni's hands on the temple. We've talked about right. that. So you have Macron as the president. You have Macarons, which are um, a French cookie. Yeah. Very, very, uh, what would you call it? Uh, trademark French. They always... Small pastry they, cookie. And they, then you have macaroons, which are different. Which is the one that always looks better than it tastes? It might be the macaron. The the are, looks, are you talking about look, these these multicolored cookies here? Yeah, yeah, They're kind of cookies. Yeah, they kind of look like a They're little chewy. miniature cake. They're chewy. Yeah, I find that people either really that's love a macaroon. The people either really love those or hate them. In France, they're like, depending on where you go, they can get really expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they'll just hand them out like candy at the hotel, you know? Right. Anyway, so sorry, as you were talking about um, well, I think, think all of these. I, I think that it's very significant, these, these uh, dates. And I think they're significant to the people um, trying to destroy the world. I think they're significant to the, to the good gods as well. There's, I mean, the seasons are very symbolic um, of the, he- the, the heavens themselves, right, are, are symbolic and evidences well, the, right, of... And the, what I think that our experience is supposed to do is to show you you're caught in a big cosmic clock, right? Right. And it's always changing. The one right. constant for your life here is change. And uh, you can look to the earth or you can look to the heavens. You can right. reconcile with it. You can avoid it. You can do all kinds of... You can do whatever you want. Right. Gandalf famously said, you know, what, what did he say? It was sad that we had to live through such times, but... Uh, what we really the, the only thing we really have is that we get to decide with what time we're given. Yeah, what That's yeah. a better that's a better quote when Gandalf says it, but uh I thought going to say uh, he famously said a wizard is never late. <laughs> <laughs> he arrives exactly when he means to. Yeah. <laughs> which such, actually such good stuff. Which actually may have some some implications too um if you think about the ultimate wizard uh, and and whose whose arrival we are all anxiously waiting. Yeah, 
and you know Gandalf's obviously a savior character in the Lord of the Rings. He's he dies and he's rebirthed yeah. as a more powerful white Gandalf the White. He goes from Gandalf the the Grey to Gandalf the White, and he's much more powerful. He arrives at just the brink of destruction and yeah. saves the yeah the, he, the, he the saves the people from the invading hordes. Yeah, for sure. He's got the definitely got the Christ. Uh, functionality and iconography and stuff like that. He's also got uh, Hermes or Thoth or Enoch, you know, mentor, temple, mm-hmm. priest type of functionality too, and and symbolism, which is really important. But they're both linked, of course. People are saying that, um, and by people I even mean President Trump is saying that he could be arrested tomorrow, which would be three, two, one, two, three. Hmm. Yeah, it probably will be tomorrow. There's also people saying that there's a lot of uh, a lot of this financial stuff's going to explode tomorrow. So maybe Trump is a part. Maybe the Trump indictment slash arrest is just a distraction. I still think Trump is is kayfabe. I think he's the heel in all this, and I think he knows it and he loves it. Okay, that's That's a possibility. More and more, I'm coming to that conclusion, and that his presidency was meant as a as a, uh, I know we've talked about, oh, he thwarted certain plans, and maybe, maybe not. I think his presidency was scripted to be a uh, an inflection point, uh, a if point you, to divide people and, and just take things, take the absurdity up a notch. Which if is you take, exactly what yeah, happened. if you take my comments of you know actions speak louder than words at face value, that's if we look at the Trump presidency, it gave them an excuse to basically start the fire, right. to really start the right. fire, not to not to just kind of try to spark it, but they start the fire, but they're fanning the flames. Yeah, it's already burning since the world's been turning. Billy Joel. I think uh, <clears throat> one thing that's clear is that the expose on censorship has been censored. Yeah. And we've got a lot of distracting news stories. Maybe the Trump indictment is a distraction news story that they pulled out. Back in the day when Michael Jackson passed, that was, I think, a big distraction at an important time in American history. It's definitely not beyond these people to try to do something that distracts with the news cycle. Well, keeping us distracted, kind of angry, uh, outraged, you know, at the at the latest <laughs> thing is a good way to uh, hide or sort of get away with, you know, resetting the whole uh, financial system in the entire world. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at. Is I do think that it's all. I think there's a lot of things trying to distract from the banking system right now. That's got to be it. That's got to be the real story. Is that the finan- the whatever whatever plans are in place requires the controlled demolition of existing systems. And right now we're witnessing some very significant moves relative to the existing financial system. Well, and, and ultimately the, the, the linchpin system is our money. It's the one thing keeping people somewhat independent is that they have money, or at least a means <laughs> to exchange. Mm-hmm. And I've said it a thousand times. As soon as they control that completely, meaning control what we buy and sell, which they tried to do during COVID. Remember when certain sections of the grocery store were closed off? 
Oh, yeah. Because they were non-essential. You don't need to buy a birthday card. Get out of here. Get your toilet paper and Doritos and go home. <laughs> you can wish people a happy birthday virtually. But a lot of, there was a lot of sections of stores that were closed off because they were non-essential. And uh, they really tried... Remember the directional one-way Oh, aisles? yeah, yeah. I used, to, uh, I used to walk the wrong way down the aisle at the grocery store. And uh, I can't believe I'm still alive. I was unmasked, unvaxxed, walking against the arrows. Somehow I survived. There was another time I was in the line at the grocery store, and I got distracted or something looking at the magazine covers or the different candy bars or, mm-hmm. well, you know, all the little impulses. the prices things. of the candy bars? And I realized I wasn't standing on one of the dots, mm. the six-foot dots, and I was like five and a half feet from another person. Oh, that must have been a, and a really difficult moment for you. It was. We, we both acknowledged we your both faults. almost died right you then repent? and there. I apologized, and I went to give him a hug. <laughs> and then I was arrested. For... No, the absurdity was off the charts. Yeah. And, but at the same time, remember how much they tried to implement back then. We, we, we need to remember how much they tried to do, and it kind of... So in some ways it worked, in some ways it didn't, and they pulled back a little bit. But we got a real good glimpse of their true intentions. I think they want to institute lockdowns regularly to let the climate heal. You know, every other year we need to shut down and let the planet heal. And also we need to have 10 or 15 million people die. <laughs> or maybe 50 million because we're too overpopulated. Yeah. We've got to get the population of the world down to 2 billion. 2 billion people who, we need to handpick most of those because we need to rebuild society with, we got to get rid of all of those peasants. <laughs> those croissants. Macrons. <laughs> Macarons. Yeah, but not Emmanuel Macaron. Ma- Macaroon. He's one of the he, elite. He basically, I guess in, in France, you'd, you can ram stuff through if you're the president. You don't have to have parliament. Well, you can sign do that off anywhere. Can do that anywhere well, now. Biden is doing that on certain with certain executive orders on gun, Trump did it. Gun rules. They've all done it, you know, over yeah. the last several decades. But this was about raising their pension age from sixty-two to sixty-four or something, which really, right. which really upset a lot of Frenchies. Probably a lot of sixty-one-year-olds were really mad. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You work for your whole life to get this these sweet European pensions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spend the rest of your life. And on you know vacation. what? They know how to. S- protest in france man france is really good at protesting yeah they shut down at the drop of a hat well i mean i don't i can't blame them because you you know that's what they were sold that's that was the story they were sold from when they were kids it was like this socialist thing will work right you turn 62 and you get to spend the rest of your life on vacation as opposed to only half of your life on vacation before that yeah because you work in france right (laughs) you take holiday for a month in August and everything shuts down and <clears throat> right. No, it's a great, it's a great, I've been uh, to France. you're not too far off. It's a great selling point. It, you know, it's a great pitch, you know, Hey, you work, you, you don't have to work too hard. We're going to take care of you. You're going to get a lot of time off. You're going to get great benefits when you retire. The problem is it's just, it's a, uh, well, it's also high unemployment, right? Because they can't have everybody employed in those positions. Right, and uh, it's an unsustainable model. Model, which is collapsing right before our eyes during this uh, 
They're calling it the sovereign debt crisis. That's what right. we're experiencing right now is the unraveling of the sovereign debt crisis. Now, how long that takes to unravel is a, a good question. But I've pointed out to a lot of friends over the years that the bankruptcies of kingdoms and countries are generally solved by wars. Mm-hmm. And that's how you distract, you ultimately change the subject. You just wipe the slate clean just by breaking a lot of things and killing people. And it's not a, I'm not trying to make light of it. It's just, it's a very sobering situation. I do think we're witnessing a shift into that mode right now. And that from here on out, it's going to get a little weird now, but it'll be a lot of people that'll tell you what to do. I'm not sure what to do, but I want to, um, I'm going to put a link to uh, this particular list of potential to-do items from Survival Blog, a guy named James Wesley Rawls. I like his website, Survival Blog. He's been survival blogging, you know, for like 20 years almost, mm-hmm. maybe 18 years. And uh, I've been watching it for a long time. And they, his his attitude is move to the boonies, live within your means, get out of civilization because it's going to collapse eventually. And he's a very traditional Christian guy. He wouldn't like our discussion on pagan versus Christian, <laughs> but uh, but I I like him, and I think that I like his website and a lot a lot of the people that post. They're really good people. They're kind of you know the the people. They're the preppers. They're the people that are the the. They're not the grasshoppers. They're the ants. They're mm-hmm. they're the people that are working hard and uh, trying to stay afloat and and want to preserve the American ethos and freedom and, you know, industry and all that stuff. And they see a, a problem coming. So anyway, he has a, on March 16th, which was four days ago, he made a special note to his survival blog readers. By the way, let me give a shout out to his book, Patriots. Um, you probably haven't read it, have you? No. People call it a, a survival manual disguised as a novel. Right. I'll put a link up to his book okay. also. It's a it's a fictional account of uh, a collapse of society caused by a financial crisis that ultimately upended the whole system and caused, you know, the power grid to collapse and riots in the streets and all that stuff. Yeah, that's far-fetched. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How crazy is that? He wrote it in the 90s, if I remember right. But... He has a special note here to his readers because he's been thinking about this for a long time. He says, the Credit Suisse collapse has many analysts predicting a general credit market collapse in Europe. Good point, JWR. I have to interject really quickly. When I first saw the headline that the Credit Suisse was going to collapse, my first thought was, was that the cycling team that is sponsored by Credit Suisse was <laughs> dissolving. Because I, I, I follow professional cycling, <laughs> okay. and Credit Suisse has, has sponsored a cycling team for many years. Okay, so <clears throat> if you've paid any attention to... Oh, we got to remind people, watch the movie The Big Short also, okay? Mm-hmm. The Big Short. Or read the I'll book. I'll make a link to it. Yeah, but the movie's great. Uh, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, when... I've had some experience in the real estate industry and when they showed those loan officers that were the loan brokers that were had made like five six loans to the stripper to the prostitute to the to the guy the construction workers and they they all had 
multiple houses out there in Florida that they were trying to rent. Um, The way those guys were talking and acting was really not that far off from guys here in Utah. I mean, there was a little bit of more, (laughs) a little more salacious edge to those guys, but not much. It was, yeah. It was really close. And I am, it was funny, but not funny. Right. Okay. Because I witnessed that. And the issue with the 2008 collapse was it was, it was what, first Bear Stearns, then Lehman Brothers? I can't remember. One of them collapsed and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we've got this under control. Then the other one collapsed and then it was all hell broke loose, right? Because of counterparty risk. And so when you think of the modern banking system, it's just that, it's just bigger. Right. And so what they'll do is they'll try to solve, uh, if you can imagine Tetris, Okay. The goal is to not let the bricks stack all the way up to the top. And if you've ever played Tetris or Dr. Mario or whatever, you know how that works. You're like, you, you've got a problem and you fix it and then it gets a little faster mm-hmm. and then you've got a problem and you fix it and then it gets a little faster and you're starting to get stacked up towards the top and you think I can still survive. If I can just get that one piece over here, I can still survive, right? There's a movie coming out about the uh, creation of Tetris. Really? It looks kind of fun. What's it called? Tetris? Maybe. Okay. I think it's like an Apple Plus exclusive or something, but... Oh, really? They make it look all like cloak and dagger and spy-ish and Russian, because mm. it's a Russian creation. Oh, okay. Anyway. But you know what I'm fun. talking... You're yeah, a video abso- gamer. You yeah, know, you've absolutely. played Tetris from back in the I love Nintendo, Tetris. Dr. Mario. Yeah. Right? So you, you've been in that situation where you're like, I've got it. I've got it. No, I don't got it. Doc- and then it stacks up and you're dead. Dr. Mario was just preconditioning us to all rely on the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> okay. But I enjoyed okay. that game. Okay. <laughs> my, my wife is excellent at Dr. Mario. It's a good and her game. brothers are even more out of sight. Tetris is awesome. There's a very competitive Tetris scene, I think, even still today. Do you think it's a good analogy to Absolutely. what we're experiencing? Because okay. it does get faster and faster until at some point you can't stop it. But you think you've solved it and you may clear a few lines. Right. But then... It, ultimately how many people have won tetris do you get to a point where you win and they stop stacking because i don't think so i think it just it just gives you another level that's faster yeah maybe if depending on the the software you're on maybe you tilt the scoreboard like you max out the scoreboard but yeah you just cycle it right Right. like a like the odometer in a car but but what i'm saying is that uh that's the way our monetary system is built it's based on debt it's a debt-based monetary system. It will ultimately be destroyed. All the fiat currencies, all the systems like this in the world have collapsed, except for the ones that we're in right now, which are going to collapse at some point. The question is when. So as you see this happening, you've got to be definitely prayerful. You need to... I wish I had some good advice. I think now the question of whether we get into a deflationary situation or an inflationary situation is tough because you do either save your money or do you spend your money? That's the big question for the us little guys, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It could get deflationary. You might need to save enough money to pay your bills for a few months, but you might also need to buy that thing that might cost twice as much next uh, fall. Right. That's That might be the situation we're in. It's a maybe. All the disclaimers apply. Bobby Flood is not a financial advisor. Neither is Jordan Bruno. You do your own research. You figure out what's gonna, what you need to do. But um, the reason I was talking about James Rawls is because he has this special note to survival blog readers. And he didn't bring it up at the Silicon Valley bank collapse. He brought it up when Credit Suisse was starting to collapse because it's, it's more, that's a bigger bank 
it has more uh, of what they might call potential for contagion, mm-hmm. contagion or counterparty risk in Europe, which has, which it, these, these guys are all like dominoes, right? And they're trying to keep too many dominoes from falling because it could all cause the whole thing to collapse. And interestingly, Bobby and I have talked about this plenty of times on the podcast in the last year about how something was going to happen and they might have a banking holiday or they might call it a cyber attack or whatever. This could be that thing. We just don't know yet what it is. They haven't yet blamed it on the Russians. <laughs> they might at some point, but it's all about debt and interest rates and and finally reaching a tipping point where one guy collapses and then how do they how do they uh handle that? And what what happens again to all of us little people? Anyway, the the question I think um, that hangs out there in our economy in general, in our society in general, is will the masses panic? Because that's the big problem. If the masses panic, then you remember we had a miniature we had this in miniature last 3 years ago like bobby was talking about when there were the lines at costco and all that stuff that's a mini panic okay that's a miniature panic if the banking system goes crazy you could get a maxi panic a macro problem they they will as soon as they're told to they'll panic as soon as we're told to panic just like we did in 2020 well anyway he he uh, he makes this note. I just want to read a little bit of it, not all of it. I'll make a link to it because he gives you a list of things you could do. And I'll throw that out there for your consideration, not saying you should, but you should consider this and you should maybe look at some other uh, preparedness type of things you could do to consider how you might prepare for what appears to be coming. Although I think I think maybe the there's we really ought to throw the war the war idea into this more than James Rawls here is, is he hasn't really mentioned it in conjunction with it. He says the sticking point, at least relative to this credit Swiss mess, it will be the credit default swaps. And these are derivative contracts. These are counterparty risks for banks and trading partners and customers engaged with credit Swiss. Okay. The counterparty risk is right now off the charts. And this is what caused the Lehman collapse. And it was derivatives. It was, it was financial products that are based on other financial products where there's leverage involved. That's what causes these banks to go insolvent. So their, their, their financial um, balance sheets and income statements, all of, the, all of the technical details, they go insolvent there. And then they stop paying each other. It's all on paper. But then when they stop, when they stop paying each other and the money stops moving then it translates to all these other companies and then it translates down to the regular guy because companies lose their lines of credit and they lose their deposits and then the little guys lose their jobs or they can't get their deposits, right? So that's why you'll see the term liquidity crisis talked about from the federal level is that the, the federal reserve banking system or the banks, the Fed, the bank, Fed, the Fed bank, the Federal Reserve Bank, <laughs> which is a, cut up into regional, 12 regional banks, right? They will say, we're going to provide that liquidity. And the question is on what terms do they provide the liquidity, right? Because the liquidity is what makes the system go. You get your money, you pay the next guy, right? So anyway, these derivative contracts cause that, uh, that technical grinding of the gears. 
anyway, he says the, the risk for the counterparty risk is off the charts. And um, he says this may spread to many of the other European banks within a few days. And he lists BNP Paribas, HSBC, which we've talked about, Barclays, Society General, uh, Santander, Deutsche Bank, Lloyds, et cetera, et cetera, UBS, et cetera. In fact, UBS, it turns out, has purchased Credit Suisse. So that's, those are two Swiss banks, and they were backstopped by the Swiss National Bank. Anyway, JWR says, I don't want to sound panicky, but as my old friend Bob Griswold from, I believe he's from the uh, European and American vacation fame. This is Chevy Chase, right? That's Clark Griswold. That's Clark Griswold? Who's Bob Griswold? I don't know. It might be a real guy. What's the quote? Well, now I'm... now. Okay, I thought it was Clark Griswold. There I am telling you the wrong stuff. Um, <laughs> anyway, his old friend is fond of saying, panic early and beat the rush. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? He says, if there are any clear signs in the next few days that the European credit market contagion is spreading to the United States, then you should assume that U.S. US banks will be put on an enforced holiday. And we've talked about that. They'll close their doors, disable online banking, and shut down ATMs. Therefore, if you see that coming, you should phone in a personal day off or two and do the following. And here, here's, he's got a list of 15 things. I'm just going to list a few of them. His first and last item are to pray often and pray hard. Okay, he's on the right wavelength here. He says, withdraw some cash from your bank. You'll need enough greenback cash, so paper cash, to pay for two to three months of your regular bills. Gas and groceries, utilities, rent, mortgage. Even if they're already set up for automatic transfers from your checking account. He, he says, buy some precious metals. Top off your fuel tanks. Top off your pantry. Top off, you know, buy six months supply of any medications you need. He says, empty the contents of your safe, your bank safe deposit box. Because if there's a bank holiday, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll take that stuff too, by the way. Okay. And you won't be able to access it during the holiday. He says, try to prepay your utilities. Make plans to activate your rural retreat plan. If you have a plan to get out of Dodge and you have a retreat property set up. He says, if you've loaned any of your tools or camping gear to, this is where it gets a little weird, you know. If you've loaned any tools or camping gear to your friends or neighbor, get them back. <laughs> Start networking, you know. Anyway, he he talks about getting heating fuels and, and cooking fuels and coal and stuff like that. You can read it. I'll link to it. But his book, Patriots, is a, is a good read if you like that sort of thing. Um, Bob Griswold, if this is the same, is a... American author, educator, composer, and business leader, and longtime leader in the field of human potential de development. Oh, okay. Is it Griswold with an O? O-L-D. Yeah. This sounds like maybe that's the, the who he's referring to. Possibly. He, he's got a link here, but it goes to ready-made resources. Although not, uh, Clark Griswold is also have... somebody that you can all look up to and admire and take advice from. I thought that it was uh, the Chevy Chase figure. Uh, that's my mistake, obviously. But that <laughs> he, uh, he, this guy will often make references to movies right. and stuff. He's been compared, like people, because he's been out of circulation for so long, he was form formerly in Army Intelligence or something like that. 
and so he does there's not very many pictures of him out there so when he does a radio show they they'll use this really old picture of him or sometimes people will use uh the guy from tremors mm-hmm Remember the guy from Tremors that has the... The bunker. The bunker. Yeah. The, you uh, broke into the wrong rec room. The Family Ties dad. <laughs> yeah. I can't, can't remember, remember his, his name. name. Michael something or other. I don't know. Yeah. They'll use him. He ended up being in like all 46 Tremors movies. <laughs> 46 of them, huh? Well, there's a few. The first one's an all-time classic. Yeah. Reba McIntyre, Kevin Bacon. Definitely a classic for sure. Let's see. His name is uh, Michael Gross, and he plays Burt Gummer <clears throat> in uh, the first Tremors with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's a, that's a great movie. Oh yeah, that was an old that was a uh, an old standby when I was growing up. We, you know, it used to be you would like Friday you'd beg your mom to take you to the video store and rent a tape, mm-hmm. and when we couldn't decide or whatever, we would always just fall back onto Tremors. <laughs> One time my brothers and sisters were watching Tremors and my mom walked in and she says, oh, what are you watching? Tremors. Oh, what, what's it about? Oh, it's a movie about where uh, these giant worms live under the sand and they, they pop up and eat people and they're trying to get away. And she's like, oh, come on. What's the movie about? <laughs> no, it's about these giant, uh, they're graboids. They grab you. <laughs> Classic. Well, yeah. yeah, uh, Just hit me, Earl. Stampede. (laughs) It is classic. But anyway, he he gets compared to Burt Gummer. Yeah. I I do like James Rawls. Can't even get penetration with the elephant gun. (laughs) It's one of Reba McIntyre's lines. That that movie's incredible. It's hilarious because when they're shooting, I think we've posted the the video of them, uh, the clip of them in the rec room. Yeah. Shooting the guns. Because there's one point where they go through all the ammo in a couple of guns, and then it pans out and shows the wall. It's yeah. Because like, you think they're out of, out of ammo and guns, but it's been like five minutes. Right. And then it pans back, and then he's got like the elephant gun in the, right. in the glass. And then it cuts to a, like a wide shot outside, like, and you just see the desert, and you just hear it muffled like... <laughs> and it kind of leaves a cliffhanger, like you don't know if they live or die, yeah. but... They're not going to kill off Reba McIntyre no. in the 80s, no. especially the 80s. No, definitely not. Michael Gross was a bit of a star back then, too, because of Family Ties fame. Big time. Family Ties was huge, huge there for a while. How many seasons did that run? <clears throat> Do you remember? No. I'll look it up. I've got I, I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say eight. Eight seasons. Michael J. Fox. He was big. 172 episodes, 1982 to 1989. Wow, I was pretty close. Seven seasons. All right. Well, um, yeah, take a look at that list. Do what you need to do in your life. Find some other lists, too. I'm not saying that's... That's that's what the preppers are thinking, is that they're going to need stuff and distance between them and the hordes. Yeah. Um, I think having cash on hand is a good idea. Otherwise, uh, enjoy this uh, spring equinox season of tumult, <laughs> tumult and unrest and chaos. <laughs> Just hang on tight, I guess. Having gas in your tank is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking last night about a scenario where if we did have to leave the valley, again, it, would be, it could be really hard to do if everyone's trying to leave 
you might have some traffic issues like yeah. in the scene um in uh white noise right or they just might close down the roads has anybody else out there watched white noise besides whitaker whitaker did you finish the show yeah chime in guys go Come watch on. it go watch it and uh Talk to us about We need it. to give you guys some assignments. <laughs> Last we, time we, we had like, an assignment. We'd like a 500-word comment on Pepe Le Pew. We'd like a 500-word <laughs> comment on how you liked your T-shirt. By the way, he, he, did, did, leave a, he did leave a comment. Yeah, his t-shirt, t-shirt was pretty cool. I never even got to see it. I would like to see this T-shirt. Okay. Lisa, I'd like to buy your rock. <laughs> um, Last time we assigned, we gave them an assignment. And uh, feeding, feeding the hungry, we appreciate your comments too. Your, I learned a little bit doing your T-shirt, and I don't, I don't know feeding the hungry personally, so mm-hmm. I could probably have done a better job if I knew. But I know Pepe, and I knew he was going to like this T-shirt. Well, Pepe, maybe you could take a picture of it and post it in a comment. Do, do we have that capability? Does the technology exist? Or maybe you can just send it to uh, Jordan. I could post it on. He did. Hold on a second here. Before, he left. We, before we get off, I think he might have given me. Uh, I think he might have texted me. Okay. Hold right. on. Elevator music, please. <clears throat> here it is. What do you think? That's Pepe. He would love to sit down for lunch sometime if you feel so inclined. <laughs> this is story contest. Winner, and then has the logo. That's very nice. Very good job. It's got Pepe on it. It's got Pepe Le Pew. With the cat trying to get away. That's the iconic Pepe Le Pew where the cat's trying to... And somehow she always gets a white stripe on her back. Yep, that's what always sets off old Pepe. He thinks she's a very attractive skunk. Yeah. Very nice. That would be fun to have have lunch with uh, Pepe Le Pew. And also the listener of the Mind Virus Vod podcast that goes by the same name, and any other listeners. Yeah, maybe I actually I, have I have had some requests for people that want to meet Bobby Flood. Well, I don't think you can afford that. <laughs> my are we going to make it like are we going to make it like Comic Con? My appearance fee is very very steep, <laughs> and then you're behind the curtain. <laughs> Comic Con Fanex is that what we call it? After the after the litigation, it's now be, called Fanex. I think it, yeah, right. It, it, I think it'd be really fun to have a group episode, like a panel. Maybe we could all get together and play Dungeons and Dragons, like the AI presidents. Did I get the right link on that? Yeah, there's several episodes, but that's one. It, it gets the. I idea. was disappointed that they didn't do deep fake video. They did just like a photo. Yeah, well, it's, or, it's, a, it's, a, a it's, photo re- photorealistic it's, representation. It's AI generated art as them in their character costume. Okay, the art is AI generated. Yeah. Okay, I can give them a pass on that, I guess. Yeah. But I want it to be animated. I still think it's got to be it's got to be an AI reading a script because they make reference to the AI a lot. Like, why do I have so many fingers? Cuz AI art can't do hands yet. Yeah, it sounded like somebody had written the script, <laughs> yeah. not not the AI. Yeah, but I think the AI reads it in the voices of the mm. Well, that was the last episode. Okay, well, to those uh, who are the loyal listeners that are still with us, we salute you. We thank you for listening, and we hope that you're enjoying the Mind Virus podcast. Find us on the web at mindvirus.show. And have a beautiful, wonderful uh, equinox week as you enjoy this changing of the times and the seasons.